Welcome to Ununinformed. I'm Kendall Monette. And this is Sean Seavey. Each week we bring you stories that keep you up to speed and connected to the world around you. We give you the news that matters so you don't feel so dumb around your smart friends. Today, Sean delves deep into his past of dressing up like Santa Claus and talks with the main man in charge of Coins for Kids, Carl Lamar. That's right. But first, let's go over the headlines. Okay, Sean, so today is Cyber Monday. Woohoo! We all know about the violence that can occur on Black Friday, so we just wanted our listeners to be extra careful today while they were shopping, even though it's just going to be online. Yeah, you don't want to get trampled in your pajamas. What? So, there is... Such a thing as cyberbullying and trolls. Wanna, <laughs> trolls. We want to just make sure people watch out for that and stay away from those eBay, um, those hot items. Oh, that, those get vicious. Yeah, yeah. So just as a warning, watch out. So there's a recount effort in three states concerning the presidential election. Um, so these states are Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. And there's, there's a few reasons why they're doing a recount here. There's some grassroots campaigns to raise money. For example, uh, Jill Stein has raised, I think, over $5 million um, to fund the recount effort in Wisconsin. Um, Jill Stein is, uh, you know, she's a real big deal. She's the <laughs> Green Party presidential candidate with the, you know, that gained 1% of the, the popular vote. So is she going more for getting her votes higher? Yeah, she, she hopes to get 50%. I'm just kidding. From 1% to 50%. <laughs> yeah, really hopeful for the Green Party. Now, I, uh, I'm not sure why she's backing it, um, but but initially um, Hillary Clinton wasn't backing any of these recount efforts, but her campaign decided to jump on and make sure it was done. You know, if we're going to recount, let's do it the right way. Um, meanwhile, Donald Trump is tweeting Hillary saying, hey, you said you were going to, you know, except the election results. <laughs> so much for that. So just when you thought it was over, it's not over. Yeah, but so let's look. Currently, the electoral count for Trump is he has 306 electoral votes. He needs 270, so he's leading by a landslide. And uh, Hillary is 232. But with these recounts in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, if and only if Hillary won all three of these states that are kind of close, um, Hillary could have 278 and Trump could have 260. So let's go over the numbers a little bit. I believe it's Wisconsin and Pennsylvania that Trump is leading by more than 100,000 votes. Yeah. But in this election, that's considered close. And then um, in Michigan, Trump is leading by only about 11,000. So that's a bit of a smaller margin. I'm mean, just thinking about there's there's margins of error and that's kind of smaller than that, I would think. Yeah. But this isn't the first time we've had a recount. Um, last time, I actually remember this when uh, Al Gore had a um, summoned a recount um, but uh, in, in Florida. Um, but things were a little bit closer back then. Yeah, the official number that George Bush won Florida by was 537 votes. <laughs> 537 people. Wow. Yeah, in the entire state of Florida. And those that's 25 electoral college votes, which is huge. So there were a lot of recount efforts on the part of Al Gore. And there's a lot of details, kind of boring in the weeds type details that we won't get into, but there were court battles. And essentially, there's not a lot of patience for these this kind of thing. There were deadlines and extensions of those deadlines. And people finally just got sick of it. 
And not just normal people. I mean, the Supreme Court ruled on this. They made a few rulings saying, no, we're not going to extend this. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to go back to the original number, which was that 537. So that margin was very close, and we all know how that went. George W. Bush was the president. So this effort doesn't seem doesn't seem like it's that close to me. Yeah, I mean, but there are some like conspiracy theories out there, but some of them have a little more weight than others. Um, uh, it's it's been said that in Wisconsin there's been some interesting anomalies. For example, in certain counties there were more people that voted than were registered. What? Um, so if that's true, yeah, that that is a concern. And some people are saying, yeah, there is a possibility of a Russian hack or something like that. Um, no big evidence for that, but um, I don't know. I if I the whole recounting game, it is kind of annoying just because it sucks to work, lose twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and people don't really have a lot of patience for this kind of thing. So most uh, experts are saying it'll fizzle out. We'll see. Yeah. In other news, um, Fidel Castro is dead. So at 90 years old, the Cuban dictator who spent his entire life fighting capitalism died on Black Friday last week. Oh. Yeah. And two people in, in Toys R Us. No, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, many Cubans and Cuban Americans celebrated his death. Um, most world leaders were more measured with their responses, saying things like history will judge him, and he was a defining character of Cuban history. Over the years, Fidel Castro has been known as a tyrant and a dictator among his people. The CIA had quite a beef with him. They tried to assassinate him or discredit him over 600 times, according to, really? according to Cuban accounts, including poison cigars, poison <laughs> ice cream, what? exploding seashells, and powder in his shoes that would make his beard fall out. That last one wasn't an assassination attempt, per se. It was kind of more to discredit him. Uh, can you take your beard out with powder in your shoes? I guess so. So he apparently the story is he would put his shoes outside his hotel door for them to be shined, and somehow the CIA had access so that they could put powder in his shoes that would make his hair fall out, including his beard, which was his signature look. And it just got me thinking with the pictures of Fidel Castro going around social media since his death. Um, and it is no shave November. I just, I feel like I should shave. <laughs> well, um, so if you shave off your beard, you'll lose credibility. I guess. Or maybe if it falls out from this powder. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it was kind of interesting to read up on all of those crazy assassination attempts. And it's like, did they not hear about guns? And, <laughs> yeah, I think I think Americans like guns, so uh, you know, powder and cigars. That's great. I, now, points for of, creativity. <laughs> so, I'd make a great movie. But have any of these things ever been said by Americans or anything like that? Oh yeah, a lot of these accounts are um, corroborated by multiple sources. So. Yeah, uh, a lot of interesting history being put to rest with, with Fidel Castro. This next headline, Kendall, is big. Okay. And it's only a coincidence that it kind of sounded like some of the headlines from last week. It may involve some potty humor, but it is serious. NASA has 
commence the poop challenge. Oh no. <laughs> um, but this is a this is a real serious issue. So the issue is this that they need to redesign the spacesuit so astronauts can use the bathroom in the spacesuit. See, I've been saying this for years, but not about spacesuits. Uh, what have you been saying it for? Oh, Nothing. just normal suits. <laughs> um, but 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 so currently, uh, spacesuits are are designed for astronauts to be there, be in it for up to ten hours. So if you do, if nature does call while you're in the spacesuit, the best thing they've got right now is a high tech diaper, and and apparently it works pretty good at wicking moisture. But uh, you know, number two, there's some issues there. Um. But that was the old spacesuit. They want spacesuits to last for astronauts to be in spacesuits for over six days. Um, the diaper is unfeasible and it could cause infection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so they really want to figure this out. Now, this is personal because they are crowdsourcing this. Um, they're trying to get everyday citizens to figure this out. And so people can just sign up and and give uh, a solution. Doesn't have to be an engineer. Doesn't have to have experience in this field. And and as I looked into, it, I realized nobody has experience in this field. Or everybody has experience in this field, <laughs> right? Just depending on how you look at and, it. And they, they so they wanted ideas from everyone. Um, and so I'm declaring right now. I I'm actually signing up for this challenge. The prize is thirty thousand dollars and a trip to the moon. <laughs> Well, yeah, in a spacesuit <laughs> <laughs> of your own design. I would love to use it, uh, use my own creation. Now, I am an engineer, and so for everyone listening, I want to enlist all of you. If you have a great idea, go ahead and uh, submit it. Uh, go ahead and look this up. But if you don't want to be the one submitting it, message me because I f- feel like, and NASA knows this, that there's a lot of minds needed to solve this problem. Um, I have a few ideas, but seriously, contact me. Uh, send a message maybe you want to do a personal message not you know a, a comment on our on uninformed page but go ahead and message us on uninformed i am dead serious the deadline is december 20th and i want to solve the nasa poop challenge great it's always good to have causes that people care about <laughs> yeah i mean um speaking of which cards against humanity is digging a big hole uh, okay so the company, which has a popular card game by the same name that you probably wouldn't want to play with your family over the holidays, has asked people to donate money in return for digging a massive, pointless hole. What? To clear it up, Cards Against Humanity has a Q&A section on their website. Sean will read the questions, and I'll read the answers. Let's see if we can make it through this. Okay, what's happening here? Cards Against Humanity is digging a holiday hole. Is it real? Unfortunately, it is. <laughs> Where's the hole? America, and in our hearts. <laughs> is there some sort of deeper meaning or purpose to the hole? No. What do I get for contributing money to the hole? A deeper hole. What else are you going to buy? An iPad? <laughs> That's really what it says. Yeah. Wow. Why aren't you giving all this money to charity? Why aren't you giving all this money to charity? <laughs> it's your money. Is the hole bad for the environment? No, this was just a bunch of empty land. Now there's a hole there. That's life. How am I supposed to feel about this? You're supposed to think it's funny. You might not get it for a while, but sometime next year you'll chuckle quietly to yourself and remember all this business about the hole. 
How deep can you make this sucker? Great question. As long as you keep spending, we'll keep digging. We'll find out together how deep this thing goes. What if you dig so deep you hit hot magma? At least we'd feel something. (laughs) (laughs) They're weirdos. Wait, wait. So, I was just thinking, this sounds familiar. Um, This very company's done the same thing before, um, but I think it was for a bag of crap. Yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, they raised, what was it? 18, no, $180,000 from 30,000 people to sell bags of crap. I remember people telling me, like, oh, yeah, dude, people are just totally donating to whatever it is they really, you know, contribute to a bag of crap. I didn't really believe that, but this was real bowl feces in a bag. You know, the holidays bring out the best in people, and (laughs) people really contribute to causes that they believe in. Wow. Passion. And now on to our main story. So Coins for Kids is an organization aimed to help bring Christmas to children who would otherwise not have presents this Christmas season. Um, It's an organization which I've been involved with. I was one one of their uh, many Santas that got to go to houses and bring presents to children. Now, I've been called one of the most uh, (laughs) pathetic, skinny Santa Clauses. Um, But that aside, this is one of the highlights of my Christmas season. Um, uh, Coins for Kids started in 1990, um, and one of its pioneers is here with me. Um, We're right next to his uh, mobile studio. Um, This is Carl Lamar. Carl Lamar is a radio announcer for 99.9 Coney Country, and we're here um, next to his mobile studio for a Black Friday promotion at a local tractor dealer here in southern Utah. Since uh, Black Friday is the unofficial kickoff of the Christmas season, it's only appropriate that we talk about Coins for Kids. Carl Lamar, welcome to Ununinformed. Thank you so much. Appreciate the invite. Um, so first of all, uh, how did Coins for Kids have its start? You know, then there's, there's actually argument about how it actually started. I know it did start with a radio station. The prior owner at that time that had Red Rock Broadcasting says it was his idea uh, there's a salesman that uh, worked for us back then. That time, he said it was his idea, and he also claimed it was an idea when maybe one of our clients. Um, all I know is I was there when it did start, and how we did it, it just one day, uh, a few weeks prior to Christmas, we just got together and said, "Hey, let's uh, let's do this promotion through the radio station and take care of a couple of families at Christmas time whose children are maybe in a world of hurt this year." Uh, parents, I can't rem- remember the exact situation they were in. Maybe it was unemployment, maybe it was sickness, but whatever the situation was, they were not in a, in a in a situation where they could supply Christmas for the kids. So, I think we raised maybe a couple hundred dollars, and we had a client that also helped us out as well. And we went out and shopped one day with that money for the children, found out their likes and dislikes, their clothing sizes, shopped for them, um, sat around a swimming pool in the dead of winter. Outside, wrapping the presents. It was really a lot of fun, several of us from the radio station. Then we uh, got a Santa suit and went out and delivered the gifts. And we felt so good about it, had so much fun. The next year came along, we thought, you know, let's do this again. And I don't think we had a major client sponsor. It was just us at the radio station getting together. I think we contacted some of the clergy in the area and found a few more families. So I think that next year it grew from a couple of families to maybe half a dozen families. The next year we did it again. And it kept growing and growing and growing till after about five years, 
we were with dozens of families, hundreds of kids, and we thought, this is getting serious. We need to make this a formal organization. So we got a 501c3 uh, nonprofit charitable license, um, federal tax ID, and put together an application center because we, re we recognized that some of the same people we were helping, there were other people with angel trees and other organizations that were giving gifts to the same people. We thought, well, we don't really want the people double dipping. So we came up with an application center idea. And that's been going on for a long time, probably 20 years, over 20 years now, we've had an application center, which we just closed last week. It was open for one week. And I think we had, I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, 688 families apply, I think. Wow. I don't have the, the total numbers yet. So if you go roughly three and a half kids per family, that's a lot of kids. Oh, yeah. um, and we've had as many as 3,000 children in past years. Again, this is our 27th year of doing it. It's still total nonprofit. Every penny goes to the children out there. Some of the things, some of the supplies that we have to get, we try to get through businesses, donations, like some of the... Um, some of the uh, you know the pens, the the paper, the stickers, the stuff that we need uh, to do the wrapping and the shopping, the scotch tape. But most of that's generally donated. Um, we've been getting some grants lately. We've been getting smart about it and applying for some grants yeah. for nonprofits, and that's helping out as well. But our goal for the last, gosh, I would say the last 15, 20 years, our goal has been about 125,000 each year. Wow. And sometimes there's carryover, and we just hold that over until the next year. And we generally take care of toys. We want to make sure that that every child gets at least you know two or three toys. We also make sure that they've got proper clothing: winter jackets, uh, shoes, socks, you know, shirts, clothes, pants. So that's what we're after. That's fantastic. And I, I I've got. It was cool to see it firsthand. I got to see the kids' eyes light up as you know Santa Claus, as one of the many Santa Clauses. So uh, now a, a lot of people maybe don't realize in in southern utah that there's so many people that that will not have toys for christmas uh so what what made you or the organization aware of this well as we opened up the application center we were surprised that that many families uh many did have employment or was just the husband employed and the wife at home still wasn't enough to cover christmas it was a very meager christmas if any our Santas recognized something as they went into these homes that some of them were without a Christmas tree. Many of them didn't have even furniture to sit on, just some chairs. Mm -hmm. um, some didn't have blankets and pillows. I mean, we had a request one year for the children just to get pillows for their beds. Wow. It starts really hitting home and you start realizing that there's a great need out there, not for just toys for these kids at Christmas time, which is what Christmas is all about, but just the necessities of life. And that's when we started broadening our scope and going, okay, let's make sure we get the sizes of clothing for these children because a lot of these children don't have warm winter wear and it gets cold in Dixie yeah. in the wintertime. And so to, to think that the kids don't even have a, a warm sweater or jacket really tugs at my heartstrings. Right. And so we recognize that need as well. And there are a lot of people here that are struggling economically due to unemployment, due to not enough good employment, due to sickness, divorce. Um, there are a number of things that can, can cause uh, hardship at Christmas time. Just not enough cash. Too much month at the end of the money. Now, you, you've been, you know, up at the top seeing the things from, 
from the zoomed out perspective. Do you, but have any of those stories kind of surfaced where it's like, hey, uh, I got to help this family? Any any stories like that that stand out to you? You know, it's really funny that you mentioned that. It seems that every year we get what we call one of our angel families. There's always a family or two or three that will manifest somewhere along the line. And I think it's by divine origin that we're we're involved in this. And sometimes it'll be a little child that for some reason has a special need or a special family that's been really hard hit with perhaps death in the family or some really, really strong struggles that, that we're made aware of. And, and we pretty much adopt that family and try to take care of their every need. And we, we usually end up with a special angel family every year that needs a little bit of special extra attention. And occasionally we'll get little weird requests. I remember one time we had some children that said, you know, like, like I mentioned, they didn't have pillows. Others <laughs> said, you know, my child has never slept on a bed and he's 12 years old. Wow. Has never slept on a bed. They've always slept on a couch or blankets just folded up on the ground or a sleeping bag. And we made sure that we found a bed for that child. Another child one year was really in bad need of a hearing aid. Again, those aren't things we normally would take care of, but we reached out to the community. And every time we reach out to a business or individual that has a specialty or has the product that we desperately need, they come through, they deliver. We got that hearing aid and more. Um, We had one family that really had some real strong dental needs. And again, these aren't things that we normally take care of. We normally take care of toys and some clothing items. But if we if we find out about a family that has a, a special, special need, if that's a family that we believe warrants some special uh, attention, we'll take care of that. And there's always a family or two that... It's really funny because we'll have meetings at the beginning of our Coins for Kids season, and we'll sit around the table as a board discussing, well, does anybody know that angel family yet? Has that angel <laughs> family come forward yet? And by golly, every year there's, there's a situation that we learn about that that points us in the direction of that angel family. Wow. Yeah, I, I think uh, too many people don't realize that there's so many people in need. Um, even when you feel like you live in a, a community where, you know, we don't see a lot of the poverty uh, firsthand. We don't see people that don't have Christmas, but it's so cool to see an organization like this. Um, so a lot of uh, a lot of the people listening to this podcast are not, you know, here in Utah's Dixie in Southern Utah. Um, there's a lot of organizations out there. Um, what should they be looking for and how they can help out this Christmas season? Well, you know, you, you hear so much about charity groups, and there's some big major charity organizations throughout the country, and, and a lot of them are very professional organizations where they have executive directors and boards that, that, that actually get paid. And you got to be very careful, and you got to do some research to make sure that when you're donating a dollar, that the majority of that dollar goes to the specified purpose yeah. because you start doing some investigatory work and you're going to find out that some of the charities that perhaps you've been donating to for years, only 10%, only a dime of that $1 goes to its intended purpose. The rest is overhead, it's travel, it's uh, supplies, it's wages, it's salary, it's insurance. And you know what? I don't think that's right. That doesn't make sense. And I understand that when you've got a national organization, you do need to have full-time employees. but are you kidding me? There are people that are making, you know, millions of dollars a year as directors and executive directors and presidents of these nonprofit charities. That are you kidding me? They're getting a salary of a million dollars a year to run a nonprofit. 
There's uh, something wrong with there's, that. There's money in it? Yeah. Um, I've it, never made a dime running Coins for Kids. It's been 27 years. And neither has anyone. Neither has anyone. There are no paid board members. There's no paid volunteers. Everyone that shops for us on shopping night, we'll have 500 people or more show up on shopping night. Um, and they're not paid a dime. They don't even have to sign up. We just cross our fingers that they'll show up. And by golly, they do. The next day, uh, they wrap. We have 500 to 700 wrappers in one day that they don't sign up for. They just show up. They don't make any money. We sometimes try to get local restaurants to donate some food and some water to kind of keep them happy while they're wrapping. And the next night, in involving the, the deliveries, you've done that before, we'll have 75 to 100 Santas show up. We've got the Santa suits that we were able to purchase over the years through grants and donations. But, you know, we ask them for 20 buck deposit to rent the suit. They get the 20 bucks at the end of the night to make sure we get the, the suit back. But they don't get paid. The people that route the bags for the Santas, they don't get paid. The people that sort the clothing and the, and the toys to do our pre-shopping, they don't get paid. Nobody gets paid. I dare say there's a, another charity out there that takes care of kids at Christmas time that actually does the fundraising, the shopping, the wrapping, and the delivery. Who does that? We do. And I don't think it can be done in any other community but this area because the people here are so philanthropic. They're so giving. They're so responsive to needs. We tell them what we need, and by golly, they deliver because they love this community. They love to give back, and they just love living here. That's cool. And you don't, and hopefully, people don't have to look too far to find uh, a way to help. This is a community thing. This isn't. This isn't a national organization. This is something local that just started from some radio station. Washington County. Washington County. That's who we take care of. And so when people donate here locally, they know it's going to a local cause, local people, local kids, and. And they tr they trust us, and that's why we're very we're very careful with this money. That to us, when we get it, it's sacred. We make sure that the families do have that need. We have some qualifying things that make sure that when they get on the list, they're qualified to receive the help. They go through their school counselors, they go through the clergy members, they go through other charitable groups, nonprofit groups that can qualify, interview, find out if these people really are in a need to to have this kind of help given to them. We also make it a rule that you can't have it more than three times over the last seven years because we don't want to facilitate their dependency on the program. Wow. We don't want them to think that, oh, you know what? All I got to do is go down to Coins for Kids Application Center, sign up, and boom, my Christmas is taken care of, <laughs> and I can get it every single year. I don't want that to happen. This is sacred money that's donated to us, and we're entrusted with this money, and we make sure that we spend it wisely and give back to the families and kids that need it. Sometimes we'll have Santas that'll pull up to a home that really looks like it's a fairly nice home and there might be a decent car in the driveway and they'll question well why is this family getting help well, what they don't know and what they find out later is well maybe there was some sickness maybe the mother or dad or both of them were laid up for a while and they've got hospital bills that are staggering uh, and they're still able to keep their house and car because they have to have that but they're not in a, in a position to supply Christmas so you can't judge by what you see you yeah. have to get to know the family and know their intentions and I'll tell you what when we're there interviewing the people and filling out their applications we can tell who's abusing the system who can't I think we're guided by by divine purpose I think there's something that the federal government can learn from you guys <laughs> well you know um, there's a lot of money that's that's spent unwisely at the federal levels and a lot of money that's wasted. We make sure that every dollar that we get is spent wisely. And uh, we don't spend a whole lot on every child. It used to be $40, and it's been going up over the years. And I think now maybe $70, $75, maybe $80, depending on how much we get and how many children we're taking care of. You can't really shop for toys and clothing for one child for $75, $80. It doesn't stretch very far. We try to make it stretch.
That's a, that's awesome. Uh, anything else you want to add uh, in closing? You can donate whether you live here or whether you don't live here. Our website is www.coinsforkids.net, and it's spelled just like I you would just like it sounds. It's C O I N S F O R K I D S dot net. I know this is a shameless plug. But you go on that website, you'll learn all about the program. You get the dates of our shopping, wrapping, and delivery, which actually occurs boom, boom, boom in three days in a row, just like that. And you can uh, donate by credit card, PayPal, Amazon. If you donate, we appreciate it. We love you. Everybody that lives in this community, they know that we want them to participate in a small way. Even if it's just dropping coins into our little red boxes at the convenience market, that's fine. If you can shop with us or wrap with us or, or deliver with us, that's great. If you All you can do is send us a check, that's great too. There's, every, there's ways that everybody can be involved and they get blessed by doing it. Thanks so much, Carl Lamar. Thank you. Sorry I took too much of your time. Oh, this is fantastic. I could talk about this forever. So, uh, yeah, as an honorary Santa Claus and uh, as Carl Lamar, who's been there since the beginning in 1990, um, I think it's been great. Thank, thanks for uh, joining me. Thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, if you have any comments or questions, uh, leave them on our Facebook page or write us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme music is provided with permission by D.D. Dumbo. And thank you each so much for listening. Your support really keeps us going. This has been Ununinformed with Kendall Monette. And Sean Seavey. Um, don't forget to uh, like our page on Facebook so you can see every new episode. And visit us um, at ununinformed.com. That's un-uninformed.com. Thanks, guys. <laughs>